0: The New York Islanders fall in a shootout, but I'll tell you why I'm excited about the way this game went and what the Islanders still need to work on. We've got that plus our weekly farm report on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us today, and thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Lots to discuss after... Last night's exciting game against the Dallas Stars. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to discuss on a future show, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name, first name, and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Isles. and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live-tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so join me for some instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to interact with Islanders fans. Game time and any time. So feel free to hit me up on Twitter, make a comment on uh, our YouTube channel, or uh, send an email. So it's all good. Always great to interact with my listeners and with fellow Islanders fans. So the Islanders fall in a shootout to the Dallas Stars 2-1. And yet I leave this game feeling better than I have in quite some time after an Islanders game. And after that four game road trip where they played one good game and three really poor games, there's a lot to like about how they played last night at home against Dallas. First of all, you're going up against a first place team in the Western Conference, one of the better teams in the league. You know, if you watched our preview of this game, our crossover episode with Dane Lewis of Locked On Stars, you heard me mention the Stars. They're in the top 10 in almost every category. Goals for, goals scored, goals against, power play, penalty kill. They're a very strong team, and it isn't easy to go up against them. Jake Ottinger, one of the better goalies in the league, and I think if you watched the game last night, you saw why, because Ottinger was very, very good. Uh, But so was Ilya Sorokin, and Sorokin got the job done for the Islanders, had you know, maybe five or six really good saves in this game. It wasn't that the Stars had no chances. They had some good quality chances from in close, but Sorokin was there. And the Islanders were good at denying the other team, in this case Dallas, a lot of rebounds and a lot of deflections. They they were sound positionally for most of the game. The four check, which was a big problem and didn't seem to be there for most of the road trip, was there in spades, doing a good job of aggressive forechecking that prevented the stars from breaking out easily and getting speed through the neutral zone. The Islanders got in the passing lanes, which is something they really had trouble doing uh, uh, on the West Coast trip, and too often. And how about this? The Islanders, even though they did not score the first goal, in the first period, they showed up pretty much from the opening faceoff. And, you know, that has been an issue for this team in, well, let's put it this way, all season. And the fact that they came out ready to play, while I shouldn't have to say this, because it should be that way every game, but they really did a good job of getting out there and and being ready to play and and going toe-to-toe with this team and how about this other factor they actually scored their only goal of this game with the man advantage a power play goal for the new york islanders anders lee gets the goal nelson and dobson with the assist but You know, the power play has been so, so bad lately. Unfortunately, in their subsequent power play chances after the goal, they again reverted back to not moving the puck quickly, not passing the puck quickly, not moving without the puck. And as a result, you know, they weren't even, not only were they not successful, they didn't create very many quality chances. But overall, if the New York Islanders played the way they played last night for all 82 games of the season, I'm telling you right now, they wouldn't just be a playoff team. They would be a solid contender. So what was missing? Why did this team lose this game? Uh, And they got a point, which is important. You know, the Rangers also went to a a shootout. They got two points, so that's not good. Uh, And that's always part of the problem when you, Look at the tightness of the Metropolitan Division. Devils win, but they beat Carolina. At least that game ended in regulation. Uh, so And Pittsburgh won. So, again, there's no margin for error here. You pick up a point, but you lose a little bit of ground on most of the other teams in the division. But realistically, if you look at this game, uh, two things that just, you know... The, Well, one thing in particular that I'm going to touch on now, I'll save the other one for later. But what stood out? This team cannot finish. And they really struggled to put the game away. Now, part of that problem with finishing, you give credit to Jake Ottinger. He made 26 saves. The Islanders had 27 shots. He played very, very well. But, boy if the Islanders just had a guy who could finish. J.G. Pajot had some great chances. He finished with three shots on goal, but couldn't finish. Anthony Bevilier led the team with six shots on goal, couldn't finish, missed wide on a couple of chances. Uh, There were just so many opportunities in this game to, to put it away and finish, but they just don't have that very dangerous, very consistent goal scorer who can get the job done. And I'll take it a step further. If you have that 30, 35, 40 goal goal scorer, a real sniper, not only does that player give you more offensive juice because of how dangerous he is, but because opposing teams have to try to concentrate on checking that That dangerous player, it opens up opportunities for your other players. So guys like Nelson and Lee and Bevilier and Barzal would also get more scoring chances because of the presence of that dangerous sniper. There is a ripple effect, a domino effect. If you get that player, Lula Morello has to go out and get that player and get him soon. So... Hopefully, uh, that will be on the horizon. The trade deadline now less than two months away, but hopefully the Islanders will not wait. Now, we've got more to get to on today's show. We have got our weekly farm report as we talk all things Bridgeport Islanders and uh, a lot more coming up on today's game as well as our Islanders birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on today's Locked on Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro to college bowl season, pro football, college bowls, basketball, pro and college. You got soccer, both, you know, international soccer, We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. If you were encouraged by last night's Islanders game, check out the odds for Thursday's game as the homestand continues against the Minnesota Wild. Get the odds on that one at BetOnline. Head to the website today. You use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Make sure you check out Locked On NHL Prospects. It's your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Plus, NHL draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every team locked on NHL prospects available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts time now for our weekly farm report every Wednesday we talk Bridgeport Islanders and uh you know the Islanders top farm club you've got a lot of the top prospects William Dufour there uh Ruslan Ishkakov down in in the farm uh, so, always good to check in, see how the Islanders' prospects are doing. Wasn't a great week, though, for this team. Last Wednesday, Islanders playing the first of their three games during the week, and they fall to the Providence Bruins by a score of 5-2. to It was 2-2 after two periods. Chris Terry and Kyle McLean each got goals. Jakub Skarik was back in the lineup. He made 25 saves, but three goals by the Providence Bruins in the third period make up the difference, and it's a 5-2 game as the Islanders fall again. That was on Wednesday. Then the regular weekend schedule kicks in. Friday night, the Islanders go up against the Thunderbirds. And unfortunately, the Springfield Thunderbirds end up winning this one in overtime, 4-3, to three, but at least the Islanders got a point. They had a two-goal deficit in the third period and got goals from Chris Terry and William Dufour in order to tie the game up. Kyle McClain also scored, and Ken Appleby was in goal, making 32 saves, but in the end, Uh, Islanders lose their ninth straight. They're 0-6, 2-1. Six regulation losses, two overtime losses, and a shootout loss in their ninth, last nine games after this one. And realistically, all the injuries that the New York Islanders are suffering, that has been hurting the Bridgeport Islanders because so many players they rely on are up with the big club right now. Now, the final game of the weekend, Saturday, Islanders... Fell to the Providence Bruins by a 6-3 score. Two goals for Cole Bardrow and one more for Chris Terry, who scored in his third straight game. But that wasn't enough, and it was military appreciation night at the Total Mortgage Arena. Islanders had 39 shots on goal, but went 0-5 with the man advantage and gave up four of the last five goals. 25 saves for Jakub Skarick, but again... That is a losing effort there. And uh, by the way, Chris Terry, he is red hot. Five goals, five assists in his last eight games, and he does have an eight-game scoring streak, which is the longest streak of any Bridgeport player. William Dufour now has a career-high six-game point scoring streak. He picked up an assist in that game. But the problem is, Going 0-2-1 last week actually dropped Bridgeport down to fifth place in the Atlantic Division. They were second before this 10-game winless streak hit. And now they are two points behind the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins. And the Springfield Thunderbirds are right on their tails. So uh, the the dry uh, spell for Bridgeport hurting them in the standings. Chris Terry... Right now, red hot. He leads the team with 33 points, 11 goals, 22 assists in just 29 games. Andy Andreoff is next, 17 goals that leads the team, 30 points. Meanwhile, Ishkoff has eight goals and 25 points. Samuel Baldock leads all defensemen in scoring, six goals and 23 points, and William Dufour, 12 goals, 22 points in 33 games for Bridgeport. As for the goaltenders, you know, they really do miss Corey Schneider, who should be back with the team for this weekend because the Islanders did send him down on Monday of this week. Uh, but Jakub Skarick struggling, an 8-7-4 save percentage and a 3-9-0 goals against average. The Islanders really were hoping for more production from Skarick this year. Uh, and, you know, He's considered the top goaltending prospect in the organization. Hopefully, he has a better second half than he did first half. But again, we have to see how it plays out. Now, this week, on the schedule for the Bridgeport Islanders, they play three games. One tonight, they are at home. 7 o'clock Eastern time start against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Then on Friday a road game against Lehigh Valley. So that's a home and home. And then Saturday, back in Bridgeport to take on the Utica Comets. That's a 7 o'clock Eastern time start. So tonight or Saturday night, if you want to catch uh, some of the Islanders' prospects and see them play live, head on over to Bridgeport and get your tickets for the Bridgeport Islanders. We do the Farm Report every Wednesday. Occasionally, we'll move it if the... Uh, if there's some breaking news or big news to cover. But, uh, you know, join us for that as we check in on the biggest players in the Islanders farm system right now every week right here on the Locked on Islanders podcast. We have got more to get to. We are sort of changing our format a little bit. We still have our Islanders birthday of the day, but it'll be done a little differently and a little shorter. But we're going to try out a new segment in our next segment about last night's game. See uh, what you think about that. We'll have that, our Islanders' birthday of the day, and some final thoughts coming up on the Locked On Islanders podcast. So you know, I-, I wanted to sort of have a-, a couple of things going now for our third segment. We're still going to do the Islanders' birthday of the day, but we're going to shorten it. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this year's team, and we're going to have an unsung hero of the game and a goat of the game for this one. And the unsung hero of the game to me, Hudson Fashing. Fashing did a really good job of... He, he made some incredible passes, set up J.G. Pajot a couple of times from tough angles and really you know, out-battled his man in the corner, didn't have a lot of time and space, still made some very good centering passes... Fashing has moved up from the fourth line to the third line and remains a very talented and and, and solid bottom six forward. But it's good to see that he's not intimidated by getting a few extra minutes and playing on that third line, and he seems to fit right in. Hudson Fashing, uh, you know, a guy who was almost an afterthought when he was signed by the Islanders, uh, really was there to provide depth at the AHL level. And has come up and really shown himself to be a capable bottom six NHL forward. He works hard. He's smart with the puck. He can pass. He can not afraid to be physical when he needs to. He's responsible defensively. And he had a solid game for the Islanders uh, against the Dallas Stars. So Hudson Fashing is our unsung hero of the game. And uh, kudos to him. Meanwhile, uh, what was going on uh, for the Islanders? And and, and this is just one that I did not understand for the life of me in this game. The GOAT, to me, is the way the Islanders handled the shootout. No quibble with who Lane Lambert put out there. Uh, Matthew Barzal, Anthony Bevilier, Brock Nelson. That's as good a combination of three as you could ask for with this roster, okay? But it looked like this team never practiced a shootout before. Two of the three players tried to either go five-hole or go low on Jake Ottinger. They didn't seem to have much in the way of planned moves they didn't seem to be creative or imaginative in the shootout there just didn't seem to be a lot of confidence there and quite honestly we want to see some confidence we want to see shootouts are something that every player on this team should be doing and practicing all season I mean to me before you head off the ice at the end of a game Go out there and practice those shootouts. So the fact that this team did not look creative on the shootout, did not score a goal on the shootout, there are points there that are up for grabs. And, okay, this is a Western Conference opponent. You had nothing to lose in this game by, you know, going forward in overtime or or trying something different in the shootout because... If Dallas gets two points, you don't care, but you want to get the two points. You got to practice shootouts. You got to be original. You got to have a plan, and you got to execute it. This team lacks goal scorers and finishers, and yet it would be really helpful to get those points. We have, what, no points in shootouts this year. It's been a weakness of this team for quite some time. And let's let's get this team going, and you know be a little bit more creative in the shootout to get some more points. And the other sort of goat of the game, and this is a very minor thing: how many times did Noah Dobson fall down? Check his skates. What was going on? I think he fell at least three times during this game, and uh, that's obviously got to get checked and got to be taken care of uh could have been just a coincidence but you don't like to see that so those are the things i think this team needed to work on in this game and improve the finishing which goes back to our first segment the shootout where they really seem to lack a plan and then uh you know just just Stay up on your skates, you know, and 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 don't fall down all the time, especially for a defenseman. And boy, one other observation that I wanted to touch on. In overtime, they couldn't get Matthew Barzal and Noah Dobson off the ice. Dobson was out there for more than half of the five-minute overtime period. Barzal was out there, I think, for about two minutes straight. It almost cost them the game. Uh, Dobson I give credit to for at least staying positionally sound when he was the only guy back. And he was exhausted after a long shift, after already playing so many minutes in this game. The Islanders got to get their changes in overtime better. I know in overtime you're dealing with the long change because the you know you're on the side where your bench is far away from your goal like in the second period but boy they 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 can't get beat because they couldn't make the change time for our islanders birthday of the day and uh today is the 55th birthday of former islanders goalie wade flaherty flaherty drafted by the sabers in the ninth round back in 1988 made his nhl debut with the san jose sharks in 91 92 Joined the Islanders for the 97-98 season and stayed with the team through 2000-2001. Uh, played 20 games in 98-99 and 2000-2001 for the Islanders. But his best season, statistically, was his first. Played 16 games in 97-98. Had a 1.99 goals against average and a 9.26 save percentage percentage. Flaherty, 6 feet, 190, kind of average size by today's measure, but a a solid backup goaltender after leaving the Islanders, played for the Lightning, the Panthers, and the Predators briefly before hanging up his skates in 2007-2008. Career goals against average, 3.51 and an 8.87 save percentage, but Flaherty was a solid goalie for the Islanders. His career highlight, a 3-0 shutout at the old Ice Palace against the Tampa Bay Lightning, where he made 26 saves to earn the shutout in that game, and the Islanders beating the Bolts by a score of 3 to nothing. So happy birthday to Wade Flaherty. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day want to thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On NHL Prospects, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Locked On NHL Prospects, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow to preview the game against the Minnesota Wild coming up on Thursday, and we will have... The latest injury updates. Great to get Simon Holmstrom back in the lineup for this game. And Matthew Barzal, but Atu Ratu sits it out. So we'll see whether or not he is headed down to Bridgeport. I get the feeling he will be headed down pretty soon. Uh, Love to hear your feedback, whether it's via email, comments on the YouTube page, or uh, via Twitter on how we are reformatting the third segment. Feel free to drop a line and give us your two cents have a great day everybody stay safe and of course let's go islanders